Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello bangers and welcome back to Banging Book Club, the podcast where I read books about sex and gender. My name's Lena Norms. Now if you're a dedicated banger, you'll know that last episode we read A Quiet Kind of Thunder by Sarah Bernard. Sarah Bernard. So we thought we'd do a follow-up mini-sode talking more about the perspective of sex and disability. Without further ado, I'm going to pass over to Hannah Witten, our reporter on the ground, who is talking to two very special ladies, Emily and Jenny, and I can't wait for you to meet them. Do stay tuned to the end of the podcast because I will be announcing who has won some very special banging book club books, and I will speak to you on the flip side. Over to you, Hannah. Hi, Emily. Hi, Jenny. Thank Hi. you for coming Hi. and chatting with me. Um, first of all, do you guys want to introduce yourselves and what you do basically sure so uh, i'm emily yates um, we both work for an amazing disability charity called enhance the uk i'll let jenny tell you a little bit more about them um i also do um access consultancy and travel writing and i've presented a couple of documentaries for bbc3 as well i'm a wheelchair user with cerebral palsy and in a, in a very strange sense it's amazing the opportunities that my disability has, has brought to me mm-hmm. and we met because we were both selected as um, like the BBC's 100 Women yes. the Girls Champions. That's right. Fit. That's right. Yeah. So we did a cool little recording. Yeah. And uh, Facebook, Facebook Live, wasn't it? Yeah. So yes. Yeah, all about like sex education and everything. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm Jenny uh, Williams and I set up, I'm actually the founder, I'm the CEO of Enhance the UK, which is a charity. Amazing. Um, and everybody that works for the charity is completely disability led which is really important when I set it up. Um, and I'm a hearing aid user, so I've got something called a degenerative hereditary hearing loss. It means born hearing, essentially. And then over the years, my hearing has gradually gone, or is going. Um, I'm a very good lip reader. No one <laughs> likes to show off, but I am. <laughs> uh, so you can't, what do you, you think can't... of those like, bad lip reading videos? Have well, oh, they're, they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but also when people try and say, well, you know, can you tell what I'm saying? And they over-exaggerate their lips and say, no, you just look really silly. So I don't want it. Um, but Enhance UK basically educates... Um, it's, it's, it's run in two ways. It educates people around disability, so we go into schools, businesses. But the charitable side and the aspect, uh, aspect of Enhance UK is very much around sex, education, oh, empowering wow. disabled people to be as sexually active as they want or not want to be, mm-hmm. starting from all the way children, looking at inclusive sex education, which is incredibly important because we know that uh, young disabled um, people are twice likely to be sexually abused. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, and it's a lot of deaf, uh, particularly deaf young women. Um, and then all the way up to adults who may have always had a disability um, and they've never really understood that they're sexual beings, you know, in, you know, maybe been quite looked after and mm. mollycoddled by maybe their parents a lot of the time in the best, you know, best meaning 
um, but not kind of like being identify themselves as sexual beings, to people who may have had a spinal injury, you know, oh, okay. um, and kind of woken up going to first two questions: Can I walk? And do my genitals still yeah. work? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Does my willy work? Like or does my vagina work? Yeah. Look down and check. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. You know, but 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 there's no support around that. So okay. so in a nutshell, that's what Enhance the UK does. Amazing. So um, I basically have invited you guys on because with the Banging Book Club last month we read a YA novel about a mute girl and a deaf boy who basically, there was like a romance between them and it was very, very lovely and they, they have sex, spoilers, but um, but it's about kind of like how they communicate and stuff and <clears throat> for me and Lena and Lucy it was kind of the first time um, in YA I think but also just in um, books about relationships and sex that we encountered uh, like a deaf character or a disability of any kind and so I wanted to talk to you kind of to explore that topic more um, so first of all did you receive any sex ed what was your sex ed like in school or from parents and did it equip you for your actual life okay. and was there anything missing <laughs> did it do you, were, you, were, you, were your needs covered okay good question um so the, the sex ed that I remember at school was putting a condom on a banana, mm. and that's pretty much it. Classic. Um, I remember kind of having a bit more knowledge about sex than my friends, uh, simply because I think my parents were very hot on the topic, and mm-hmm. uh, I've got a relationship particularly with my mum where we can pretty much discuss anything. So a conversation that, you know, any questions that I had, we could easily have that conversation. Um, were my needs met? absolutely not and I would say in terms of school and in terms of my conversation with my parents none of my teachers had a disability neither of my parents have a disability so my mum could tell me about sex and the experiences that she'd had and you know what it might be like for me but actually it was very much well I'm afraid Emily you're gonna have to try it and see figure it out on your own good luck yeah exactly and and I remember you know I remember being 14 or 15 and kind of being terrified really of of having a boyfriend and having sex and because I didn't know what to do I didn't know how Mm. to navigate that situation um and I was always one of the boys rather than um somebody that a boy would fancy ah yeah Mm. Um, so, well, God, my sex education was a very long time ago. Uh, I'm 38, so you know, it was years ago. Um, and I think in those days, sex education wasn't great anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely remember one lesson. I Pretty much the old condom banana scenario, yeah. which, you know, most people remember. Um, but no, but I had the opposite. My mum um, is, you know, a teacher, you know, and my, both my parents are teachers, but actually not that open about talking about sex but I've always been I've always was quite you know a promiscuous you know <laughs> from a very young age I remember fancying boys you know and having sexual feelings from a very young age so it was something that I was in you know very inquisitive about anyway so I think I asked a lot about it yeah. and I went and did some work experience um, as you do you know when you're 12 or something and the um, woman I was working this rare breeds farm really random and the people that were running it were lesbians and I was just, I just wanted to, I'd ne- no one had ever <laughs> yeah. spoken to me about lesbians. And I just wanted to know, not that I'm, you know, maybe I was questioning my sexuality to a certain point, uh, which I've then done for the last 30 odd years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but it was fascinating for me. And I think so I just drew, 
experiences because I was able, from quite a young age, able to ask questions because yeah. I was nosy. <laughs> but not from anything, not, not, not that school had taught me, definitely not. Yeah. And so when you were trying to seek out the information about sex and more related to disability, like mm-hmm. where did you end up going for that information and how did you find out? I think I found out by experience and experience only and I think that that in in one in one way has been a really positive thing because it's led to a lot of very positive and very intimate relationships that we've kind of grown together as people because of those experiences and because of what I've learned about myself sexually and you're figuring it out together I think that's I think there's something extremely attractive about that Mm -hmm. and attractive about the intimacy but it has also led to some exceedingly lonely times where I've not been dating or I've met somebody that maybe I don't feel that emotional connection with and I felt unable to be sexual with them because I almost crave that intimacy that comes with learning a bit more about sex now mm-hmm. because that's the only way that I've ever had sex. That's oh, the okay. only way that I've ever done it. Um, so I think that that's a quite a negative thing. It's led to some quite lonely times when I have just wanted to go out and fuck someone. I, I've not been <laughs> able to, you know, yeah, really. I've you stopped myself. Have, like, the tools or the confidence necessarily. Yeah, yeah, and and I don't necessarily have that trust in another partner. I see. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Without that emotional connection, to really just let all my inhibitions go sexually. Yeah, and, and the understanding. Yeah, and I'm 25, and I think that's a problem that I still yeah. have, and I need to stop having that problem. Yeah, but it's easy to say that, isn't it? Stop it is. having that problem. But this is the, you know, there isn't. I mean, my experiences are very different because I've got a very hidden disability. Mm. And when I was younger, um, I started wearing hearing aid when I was eight. Um, massive bold things that I used to wear, you know, and hate them. Um, but but later on, for me, you know, meeting meeting you know men or women. Um, it was very much, again, what you see with me is not what you get. Sure. So you get this quite, you know, confident person to a certain extent and, um, you know, and, and quite hopefully fairly articulate and the rest of it. But actually, then when you're in bed with me, hearing aids out, light off, I can't lip read, I can't hear. Yeah. So my personality dramatically changes. But I had no one... And still to this day, there are no peers. You don't see people on TV with hearing loss very rarely. You don't hear people, as you said, talking about it. And actually, when people think about disability, they do think more wheelchair. You know, yeah. so probably there's even though there's very little information out there, there's still probably more information out there for wheelchair users than there are for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. And if you're profoundly deaf, you can sign. Not, not all the time, but lots of people sign so they're in the deaf community. I was not part of a deaf community. Sure, yeah. I was in a living in a hearing world, still am, but with a hearing loss. And so do I identify with deaf people? No. Do I identify with hearing people? You know, yes, more, I guess. But um, So I didn't have anywhere to go. And, I, and that's still the case today, very much still the case today. Hence the fact that Enhance was set, set yeah. up. That's really interesting. Um, kind of, someone actually on Twitter, one of um, Bang Book Club people, um, actually asked kind of about the hidden disabilities thing. And they said, um, how to go about dating with a disability and what about with invisible disabilities? And she said that she's got UC, which actually I've got UC, which is ulcerative colitis. Um, but for me, I've not had a flare-up since I was 15. So I'm like... When I'm in a flare-up, I would probably classify as disabled, but when I'm not, 
I'm like perfectly able-bodied, but then other people who have UC, it can like affect you day to day, but you don't mm. look like yeah. um, that. So what are your kind of like dating tips? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think, again, I think this is one of the moments where it's actually easier for somebody that has a visible disability. So for example, let's set the scene. I, uh, I have it in the profile mm-hmm. and I'm online dating. Now, I really have two very, very simple choices. Either I don't put anything about the fact that I'm a wheelchair user, I don't have a photo with my wheelchair in it, and I turn up to a date and somebody has booked a restaurant that's up five stairs. Sure. And immediately both of us are in an exceedingly awkward position. I feel awful because I've not let the person know. They feel awful because how the hell would they know that I'm a wheelchair user? And immediately that's that's game over, let's be honest, pretty much. My other option is to maybe put something, maybe a wheelchair picture that's not perhaps the very front one. Yeah, sure. Or put something I remember having in a, in a profile once that I enjoyed playing wheelchair basketball. So it mentions the wheelchair, yeah. but maybe not in such a dramatic way. Um, and I think for, for having a visible disability, it's almost a bit of an easier dating game because immediately you weed out the people who wouldn't want to date a wheelchair user automatically, you know? We call it the tosser filter. The tosser filter. (laughs) I used that with putting feminist in my Tinder bio. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So there's... Well, I think (laughs) It's true. I mean, we both met our current partners online. So on yours... Did you put photos on your Tinder profile? On mine, there was a photo of me in a wheelchair, um, but it wasn't the kind of very front photo. So the very front photo was just like a headshot. And then it had photos within those five of me in a wheelchair. And I did also mention that I played wheelchair basketball. And I think one positive that I have is that obviously I've been on TV as well. So when people ask about me and what I do... I can link them to something they can see immediately. So they kind of know what they're getting visually quite quickly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think it's actually, we run something called the Love Lounge um, um, via Enhanced UK's website. And it's an online dating, you know, it's, it's, you know, people can write in with their love, you know, questions. Mm -hmm. And actually it's one of the most common letters that we, emails that we get, letters, so it shows how old I am saying this, um, common emails that we get people saying, should I disclose my disability? Yeah. Um, and I think that, obviously, Emily's very confident. She's on TV. As she said, people know who she is. But obviously, there are a lot of people out there who are wheelchair users or got, you know, very physical disabilities that don't have that confidence um, or maybe got a speech impairment. So get very nervous around, you know, saying that. And there's not one right or wrong answer. It's very much down to individual. When I didn't... I also met my partner on, on Tinder. And... Um, and five months pregnant, so watch out, kids. That's, oh, that's no. what can happen on Tinder. Uh, yeah, he's very, he's very nice. He's very nice. <laughs> um, but you see, I'm keeping him for now. Um, but, um, but, but I didn't put anything um, at all because, again, I think hearing loss is a very, very confusing thing for people because when they think hearing loss, they think you're completely deaf. Mm. Um, or they think you're old, um, you know, like your grandma, you know, people say, oh yeah, my nan wears hearing aid, brilliant, but she's 93, yeah. you know, it's like, that's not the same, oh yeah, her hearing aid whistles, I don't care, like, <laughs> uh, no due respect, um, and there's, I, there, I was chatting to one guy um, before um, I met Craig, actually, and if again, I'm fairly well known, you know, mm-hmm. so you, you type my name in disability and I come up pretty much straight away, there are pictures, and there's a picture of me with a it's a jokey picture, a big megaphone. It's on our, it's like someone shouting into my ear, you know. 
And he asked what I did. I told him back on these text messages what I did. And he then, obviously, as you do nowadays, Googled me, saw me, saw... And I'm, I'm, this is assuming, but I think it's the right assumption. And I didn't hear a word back from him. Oh, and wow. I don't think that's a... Uh, uh, you know, not. I think it's that's fairly common, to be honest. Yeah. So I always waited to meet somebody for them to get to know. I tell them within the first date. Yeah. But for them to talk to me for a little bit and say, "Oh, actually, I'm a hearing aid user. You need to look at me." And and I went on it, but equally, very quickly, I went on a, another Tinder date with a guy uh, just before I met Craig as well. He arranged to meet, and he met. I live in Brighton, so there's lots of like old nooks and crannies in yeah. pubs. And he was sat down and he was in the darkest corner. So you couldn't see So I couldn't oh. hear him. So I was getting this candle and putting it. He must have thought <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she's full on being romantic. Like putting this candle under his face, nearly burning his chin. You know, just going, I can't really hear you. And in the end, I had to say, I'm hearing OGs. I, like, I really do need to be able to lip read you. And you could, it all went downhill, genuinely. I think it was a bit oh of a worry God. anyway. But, um, <laughs> but it was things like that. That's when I thought, oh God, I wish I'd already told him this. Because then he wouldn't have necessarily yeah. sat there. Yeah. So there's pro. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's it's, it's about how you feel. Each. Yeah, and I guess it's that fear of then that becoming the main thing about you. Absolutely. When yeah. obviously when you're dating, you want someone to get to know like all of these amazing, interesting things about you, and maybe your disability isn't like the one thing that you want to shout about. Yeah. Um, and really quickly, then we move on to talking about devotees you know people that find disabled people sexually arousing because of their Uh, disability what do you think of that because there's like there's a fetish for everything yeah so it's like it's mm. there's a fetish for everything but i guess my only concern would be that we desperately need to educate disabled people about this simply because there's a massive vulnerability and power struggle aspect yeah that comes with finding disability attractive that doesn't come with finding blonde hair and big boots attractive Got and it. I would yeah, say no, that, that, makes that is in a nutshell what, what we're getting yeah, at. Yeah, the power there. imbalance is like, yeah, a huge yeah. thing. And then I guess it's like if if you are disabled and you're like, well, do you like me for me? Or like what's going on yeah, here? Like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so kind of also on the topic of like dating and just relationships and sex in general, Um do you think it's weird that maybe like so disabled people can find that information out there that sex ed that applies to them like if they go looking for it they can find it hopefully but then why no, they can't oh really no they can't find it there's not a lot of sex education out there yeah and it's and, and, and it's actually a big campaign that Enhance is working on and trying to work with um, people like Brooke yeah. um, Family Planning Association to actually get funding which we're massively struggling mm. to do to be able to provide inclusive sex education because it doesn't exist yeah. and there's sex education for people with learning disabilities and there's actually quite a lot of funding around that oh, but that's really? vastly different from somebody who's got a learning Hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...disability, but somebody who's fully, you know, cognitively able, but their body doesn't work in the same way so again yeah. this assumption is wrong that it's out there it, 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 it really isn't and again we provide these free resources on our website because because actually no one else is really doing it at the moment yeah. and so there's so there's the sex education for people with disabilities but what about the general public who might find themselves wanting to date someone who is disabled or have sex with someone who's disabled do you think then it should be um, like this universal thing that everyone needs to be getting like the same education yeah Ma- massively so I think there's kind of two strands to this really I think sex education can become more inclusive just in the way that it the way that it's run you know mm-hmm. why shouldn't we be watching videos that happen to have a disabled body on there as well why should that just be saved for a disabled person but equally you know we need to think about how then we adapt our resources so for for example, a 12-year-old female deaf person who is being given reams and reams of information but actually only has the reading age of five or six because English isn't their first language, British Sign Language is their first language, all of that information that they get given isn't going to be of any use to them. Mm. So I think we can make sex education more inclusive for everybody and everybody can sit in those sessions as long as we also adapt the resources that are available to everybody as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think you've got to look at sex education in two ways. If we're talking about sex education for young people mm-hmm. um, is one thing and um, again, putting exactly what Emily just said, but also sex education, as it were, in inverted commas, for older people, yeah. which is not learning, oh, penis goes in, vagina, you know, whatever it is. It's about social skills, and it's about looking at someone and recognising that, actually, and especially for young people, because they're so influenced by porn, mm. you, know, you know, oh, actually, just you know, someone's body isn't necessarily going to do that, but actually, sex isn't all about penis and vagina, you know, and it can be in many, many different ways. Intimacy is part of that, and actually, you can have better sex in that way. Mm-hmm. So that is, if we're going to talk about education, that needs to be part of education, you know, educating people. But I think that comes down to the basics. We've got to get the basics right in this, In say, let's just call our, our country for now, mm-hmm. that, that when you go out shopping you go out um you know even in this building how many disabled people did i see none how many deaf people do you meet every day very few so we need to be getting disabled people more empowered in general to be out working so people see them more visibility yeah yeah. and then you go oh actually i really fancy that guy happens to be a wheelchair or happens to be not this or happens to have dwarfism or whatever it is not this big thing about oh am i allowed to fancy a disabled person it just should be you meet someone you fancy them just and see what and Yeah. yeah it just happens but it's not we're so very very behind 
we're 20 years behind when it comes to, you know, you look at gay rights um, and, 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 you know, the Mardi Gras you have in this country and all the, well, around the world. Yeah. You don't have that same sense of recognition for the disabled because yeah. it's not that kind of community. Yeah, and also, like, the, the celebration as well, that aspect of it as well. Yeah. It isn't there. Because it's still seen as relatively undesirable by society it's not seen to be remotely a positive thing to, to have a disability so until that is changed how can we expect joe blogs on the in the pub down the road to find me sexy yeah and if things places aren't accessible mm. again from let's talk a very physical point of view i'm i've met emily i fancy her i want to go out on a date i'm thinking oh god where do i go out on a date with her how do we, if I live in London, how do I get around on the tube? What places mm. are accessible? Actually, Emily's a bit of a ball ache to go out with. I'm not being funny, but you are. Sorry, I'm just going to swipe much, another few people. Yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. to go on to back on Tinder and I'm going to do some more swipes because you're much too hard work. 30 seconds, I'm going to get another match. Bye-bye, Emily. You know, yeah. that is the way that our so world works. It's about, this is kind of part of accepting this is the way that we, the society that we live in. Okay, that's fine. It is fast moving, all the rest of it. But we need to see more disabled people, deaf and disabled people, on the media, full stop, mm. before we even look. And that is part of, by default, sex education. Yeah. I was going to ask a question about the media and stuff and about the portrayal of disability. Mm. Um, I'm, like, trying to think off the top of my head of, like, anything. And, like, literally all I can think of is um, me before you, which is, like, I know such a controversial and... Very controversial, um, yeah. Uh, book, film, um, but yeah, is there any positive portrayals of disability that you can think of in the media, or so, is it just this uphill battle? It's very interesting, we often ask this question to the people that we train, and every single time they come up with Paralympians, and only Paralympians, yeah. and it's a really, really interesting thing to think about, we could talk about this for hours, but the problem that we have is that at the moment, you're either an inspirational superhuman Paralympian as a disabled person, or you're a benefits scrounger. And there is no normalised yeah. in-between middle road just, of... Okay, just a normal person yeah, in their life, yeah. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, that is the problem. Um, so that representation needs to change, and we need to have a more normalised representation of disability so that it's not seen as a massive thing to find somebody attractive because they're either not a superstar or somebody that's going to take all your money from you. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, let's be honest, if you sat there reading the Daily Mail, that is what you're going to think, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, you say to you say to people, oh, you know, can you think of disabled people in the media? They go, oh, is he in Coronation Street? The girl with CBeebies with half an arm. You know, it's very... I mean, you can pick... Three or four people mm. up, you know. I mean, Liz Carr, she's in Silent Witness, she's a wheelchair user, and she they've totally, utterly normalised her character. She just is. She just happens to be disabled. And that's fantastic. That's exactly how it should be. Um, but we need... I shouldn't be able to pick out off the top of my head four or five people. It should be... I go, yeah. Oh, my God, there's so many, I can't think. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and, and again, we're still... Um, I know there was a campaign recently, again, about... Um, like looking at the Asian community saying actually we're not being represented anymore and te- you know well we're not being represented like we should be and actually again the, the disabled co- it's again it's the, the I say this word community but it's very hard to have a disabled community because when you have a disability you're very much boxed to your set disability sure, a lot of the and time and the needs of everyone is and different. completely different so there's not a movement whereas when you've got something like um, pride or whatever essentially you know, you, you've got that movement because everybody's essentially in the same 
I say same box, but you know what I mean? They're fighting for the same thing, equality around their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it's very difficult for disabled people to do that because hidden disability, everyone's got different needs. And actually, even say on a physical level, you were going to set up a march, you know, how the hell is everyone going to get there? Yeah. <laughs> There's no access half the time anyway, so it's the lamest march ever half the time. And believe me, I've, I've been campaigning and for the last 20-odd years. Um, so I think the way I personally think that, you know, media is he- heavily influenced, um, influences the way that, that disabled people are seen or not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask about mental learning difficulties because you talked about that. Um, can you speak on that um, in terms of like and um, that in consent or is that not really in your no yeah no that's not you know in enhanced UK we very much um, represent and support people who've got physical and sensory impairments um, not people um, that are learning disabled and that's right because they're two very separate yeah. subjects do you know of any charities that maybe you could signpost Mentat are brilliant okay um, they've got some amazing adverts out at the moment you might have seen them mm-hmm. um I would say MenCap are really, really improving their resources as well. They've got some really yeah. good things going on. Uh, do Brooke have anything around? Brooke do. Yeah, Brooke does does have some information. The Family Planning Association as well also have yeah. um, information. So it is out there. Okay. Um, but yeah, not that we would feel qualified to comment on. No, fair enough. Um, and I kind of want to ask um, in general, what um, challenges and, and difficulties can being disabled kind of pose in the bedroom but then also in what ways is it doesn't make a difference at all and then in what ways is it better okay (laughs) like I'm ready (laughs) right okay so I'll say for me I can and again I can only talk from my personal opinion but um this is this is my experience so I think one of the problems and also one of the beauties is in good communication Mm -hmm. I think and and this goes for whether you've got a disability or not let's be honest really but I, to have a good sex life, I depend massively on brilliant communication. It's as simple as that. You know, if I can't get into a certain position or it might take a longer time or I need to adapt to that position somehow to make it a little bit easier for me, that's all around communication. Because if we don't communicate, my partner's going to be like, what's going on? What's she doing? And I'm going to be like, oh my God, he's not enjoying himself. You know, so that communication is massive. But I would say that the beauty of that is that quite often with a disabled person, you can have a really, really intimate sexual relationship simply because it takes longer to learn the body and how it works. And you've got to spend time educating yourself on how that person is best going to get off. Mm. And if you do that, then that's amazing and that's beautiful if you can have that relationship with somebody. Um, There are many, many... We're living in quite an exciting time now in the in the sense of technology. You know, there are so many different toys that are out there. Mm. Um, there's the hot octopus oh, um, range, <laughs> um, the hot octopus pulse range. Um, that basically it's a it's a guy's toy, but they also have couples toy ranges, and you can basically use it whether you're hard or not, and it's kind of like masturbate for men, uh. um, and also it vibrates on the underside for the woman. So if you can't, for example, have penetrative sex, but you want to be close in that position, brilliant, yeah. amazing. Um, you can kind of think of really great ways of using your mobility aids in the bedroom as well. You know, if you've got... Ah, toys. If, yeah, toys. you know, if you've, got, if you've got, for example, a handle that goes around your bed, tie yourself up onto it. You know, if, you, if you've got a hoist in the bathroom, 
have sex in it. You know, there are many yeah. different ways to almost make the disabled side of sex really exciting. Yeah. You've got your very own, like, sex swing. And yeah, everything. exactly, exactly. So it's just about Which being innovative. <laughs> it's just about being innovative. And I think, for me and my personal experience, if I am with somebody who is understanding to that and understanding to my needs and my requirements and actually wants to explore that with me, mm-hmm. then it's limitless. Yeah. You know, I can have just as brilliant sex life as anybody else if that communication and that willingness to explore is there. Yeah, that oh, will, I love that. That would be where yeah. I Actually, we're looking, if there are any companies out there that want to send us sex toys to trial out... I'm going to try them. Um, because <laughs> because we, we run a, a women's magazine um, called Liability Magazine, and it's written by disabled women um, for disabled women. There's nothing else like it out there. And um, we're starting to do um, Sex Position of the Month using <gasps> Barbie and Ken. We've had a lot of fun over there, <laughs> putting Barbie and Ken in all these positions. And, um, and also doing reviews on sex toys. Yeah. So we very much encourage yeah. people to send us sex toys. Um, but my answer is going to be a lot shorter than that, really, because physically um, it doesn't impact me um, at all. Um, you know, aside from, I guess, there's a certain sense of vulnerability when I take my hearing aids out, you know, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, there's been hilarious times when somebody's tried to whisper something, you know, and I'm like, you don't, you want to do what to me? You know, and I turn the light on and literally they're just go, oh, sorry, I thought you said something completely different. <laughs> uh, but you can do that if you want to. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, so that kind of, there's no, I mean, I quite like talking dirty and all that, I do actually really get off on that, mm-hmm. but obviously I actually can't. And I don't wear my hearing aids because you just, they whistle and they fall out. And you just, I mean, hearing aids. My, you know, as soon as you see me take my hearing aids out, you know, like, sexy time. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I never wear my aids. But for me, um, it's actually, it's, it's out of out of the bedroom. And, and my and the, the last guy that I was seeing a while ago, he was lovely, wasn't he? Absolutely, salt of the earth, lovely. I could not hear him. I could not communicate with him. He... He was very monotone. He didn't move his lips very well. Um, so it was, I was exhausted. So after an hour, literally being with him, I would and I tried. And I tried for about six months, actually, because there was something connect there. Yeah. But I was exhausted being with him. And I, I don't think that's quite a rare, like, why did you finish with a boyfriend? Because I couldn't hear him. Yeah. Uh, wow. But, you know, but that was genuinely such a huge part of, of, of why. So um, it's different to obviously physical disability, but it's still communication is always what is the key, isn't it, to most relationships, I think. Yeah. Um, someone else on Twitter actually asked, um, how do I communicate in the bedroom if I don't have my, and I don't know how to pronounce this, but the hearing aids, the cochlear, cochlear implants. Cochlear implants. Yeah, so how can they communicate? If they don't have them in, can they keep them on and will they fall off? Is it, do other people keep them in or is it? I think it's totally a preference to whether you want to keep Mm. your cochlear implant in or not. And the thing is, it depends what you want, but why do you need to talk when you're having sex? You know, it depends on what what, what, what gets you off. But if you're not bothered about talking, you know, I mean, I say be liberated and take your your hearing aids out. Like I said, I never have mine in. I don't need it. I'm just, if I'm, you know, if I'm in the moment, then I'm concentrating on, on, on being with someone and that's all I need and there are other ways to communicate with your body and hands and everything oh my god yeah, yeah absolutely and actually I don't want to hear you banging on <laughs> like, like, shut up do what you got to do get down there thanks <laughs> um, so I don't need to have a chat um, but I but I think I think it's very much you know it's a personal again it's a personal preference but 
if you're with somebody who's a hearing aid user, if you're, you know, if you're fully hearing yourself and you you meet somebody who's a hearing aid user or cochlear implant, have that conversation before. Yeah. Are you going to take your aids out? Um, okay, cool. And then you know, and then you don't have to worry about it. I, I can put my finger on someone's lips and when they speak, I can pick their lip pattern up through my lip, my finger. Whoa! So that's can, like a superpower. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of training. Superpower, you just meant to get like that. Yeah. This, is like, this is like twenty years later, I'm still doing it. Um, but um, but I can pick up not everything, obviously, but a vast majority of what somebody says through their lip. Um, so again, we that's kind of sexy as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah. And then, well, yeah. It depends what I've been doing with my fingers. So, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> like, you know, that's a preference as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that again, you know, it's 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 down to me to communicate. It's my responsibility to communicate to you and say, look, don't worry about it. I'm taking my aids out. This is what I can do to communicate. Communication is fifty fifty thing. From half mm-hmm. from the disabled person, half from the able-bodied person. And if you're in a relationship, that's how it should be naturally mm-hmm. anyway. So kind of continue down that path, really. Amazing. I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank yeah, you guys great. so much. Um, we'll make sure that Emily and Jenny's links are all in the description of the podcast so you can go and check them out. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. us. Bye. Bye. Hi, it's Lena again. Thank you so much to uh, Emily and Jenny for coming on the podcast. Um, That was an amazing interview. Thank you, Hannah. Now, we were running a competition last episode to win uh, copies of the books that we've been reading. Some of them have been read by us. They have marginalia. They are probably a little bit battered, soz. And some of them are new copies. We asked you to review the podcast on iTunes and then leave us a little... um, request as to which book you would like so without further ado sarah g sykes you've won a copy of nina is not okay oi jamie you've won a copy of asking for it oh that fangirl has won a copy of all the rage original afro has won a copy of nina aisha samaria 97 has won a copy of a quiet kind of thunder jx Dai lee has won a copy of nina sophie cause has won a copy of a quiet kind of thunder Queer as Fun Zero has won a copy of Quite Kind of Thunder. Sarah Lucy One has won a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey. Wow. Have the ride of your life with that. Katasned Deb has won a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey as well. And, and Georgia Grace has won a copy of Men Are From Mars. Now I'm going to leave all those Twitter handles in the description of this podcast. If your name was read out, please check your DMs on Twitter. We are DMing you to ask you for your address. Not so we can have an unsolicited party at your house, but so we can send you some literature. Thank you so much for listening to Banging Book Club. Right now we are reading Doing It by our very own resident Hannah Witten. So do watch out for the next podcast, which will be online at the beginning of May. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Banging Book Club. And I will speak to you on the flip side, kids. Bangers out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.